So, gentlemen, what are we drinking this evening? Craig. I forgot my beer. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pause and go get my beer now. This is okay. This, this is highly necessary. <laughs> we will move very crisply, uh, very crisply onto, <laughs> very quickly onto Chris. Oh, I've never been accused of moving quickly. Um, I am drinking, in honor of the summer weather, I'm drinking some tequila. I've got Casa San Matias, Gran Reserva, Extra Añejo in my glass. I was expecting you to um, give us another whiskey, but um, tequila sounds quite pleasant. Um, How about you, Brent? I have an Alberta Genuine Draft from Big Rock Brewery, which is a... I guess we'll call it a craft brewery. I think it's too big to be called a microbrewery anymore here in just north of where I am in Calgary. I have a bottle of uh, Chianti, which is apparently a vintage from 2019, which was such a long time ago. And it is from um, Catalore in Italy. Um, I think the actual name of it is in such small writing that I can't actually read it, but um, it's a bottle of Chianti anyway. Um, we, we, we're still waiting for um, Craig to return from his travels to no, find I'm out. No, oh, I'm back. Craig is back. So Craig, what are you drinking? I am now drinking a Velocipede India Pale Ale. Sounds fast. Uh, it has bikes on it. It, it seemed appropriate. <laughs> and will it be fast enough tomorrow? That is the question. It is. It is. We'll see. We'll see. Indeed. Um, so speaking of tomorrow, um, this weekend, actually, I'm going to do it in a way that um, Steve Pritchard will approve of. This weekend in the Hurt Summer Racing League, we head to France, where our racers will take on a single lap of Caspat with a total distance of 23.9 kilometers and an elevation gain of 155 meters. Our racers will take on the Marina and Parve sprints, followed by the Aqueduct and Petit Combs. Race for time segments as fast as you can to secure points versus your competitors in your category and push hard to the finish line to win extra points for your overall position in your category. That, that was a lot of effort. I don't think I should do that again. That was exciting, James. Uh, it sounded <laughs> exciting. Um, and it, it is actually an exciting race course. Luckily, um, we have Brent and Chris on hand to tell us exactly how exciting it really was. Super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It, was, uh, this it sounds so enthusiastic. Stuff for everybody. <laughs> so, um, this course, um, obviously mainly flat for probably the first about i'd say 15 kilometers um and then you've got the aqueducts followed fairly quickly by petty cotton um we we have the first sprint after i think naught point or well let's just call it 600 meters how did that go chris you should give the instructions here because i blew it <laughs> oh okay um <laughs> yeah yeah i placed pretty well on this one um this was the only segment I got a top 10 in, I think. I was looking at the at the standings afterwards. You, yeah, you just got to come warm up and uh, hit it hard out of the gate, but make sure you got a whole group in front of you so you can draft off of it the whole time. Um, it's nice because not everyone reads the instructions heading into these races, so not everybody knows that that's a time segment. So you can use that to your advantage. You get a little bit higher up the leaderboard if you catch some folks unaware that we're in a time segment right away. Um, but yeah, don't... I mean, come warmed up because that is one of the four time segments and it's it comes, but you're done with it before you're a minute into the race. So prime opportunity to score some points. 
So that's the Marina Sprint. Um, and then we have pretty much um, 11 kilometers of probably drafting along, um, nothing real in the whole climb point of view. You've got a couple of ramps, maybe three, four percent, but last maybe five, ten seconds. Um, then not long before we get to the aqueduct, we've got the Parve sprint, which is 333 meters. Um, how did that go, gents? Go ahead, Brent. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it was pretty much straightforward herd racing league stuff. Just try and get to the back of the group and sprint through. It's a longer one, so you don't really need to start hitting the gas till you're past the green line. You don't really need to wind up before that and then just give her as hard as you can. I thought there was going to... It looked like some guys tried to banner attack it a little bit coming through, but it gave up in about... Because I thought they were going to banner attack to the aqueduct because it's so close, but it all fell apart. So I guess I disagree. I I wind up before the start of these ones too, even at this length. Um, I find it works for me, but uh, I like being a... I'm kind of a long sprint guy, so... This is what probably twenty twenty five seconds. Ooh, I'd say def definitely three thirty meters. So I'd say probably two hundred meters is fifteen seconds. So let's call it twenty five. Craig, does that sound about right? I I'm looking it up now. I'm not. I'm not yeah, sure. Um, it's I I feel like it's longer than that. Like it's closer hmm. to thirty, but. That's so 330, the, uh, 330 meters. Um, the and... fastest time today was 18.4. Hmm. Okay. So... Was... But there were only two, Over there were only two bees under, under 20. Uh, Snowy is a beast. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So let, let's call it 20 to 25 seconds. Um, I can't all out sprint for that long. Um, I, I think my all out sprint probably. I'm probably limited to about 15 seconds. Craig, you probably you've probably got about five seconds on me, maybe a little bit more. Do you reckon you can go fill out for all of, for the whole distance on that one? Um, so I find if I'm gonna ease up, it needs to be at the highest speed I can hit. So mm -hmm. I, I'm better off, you know, not have you know losing some power approaching the finish line of the sprint than not already accelerating before the start that's my yeah that's my way of th thinking anyway but yeah I, I i think i'd go with that um I, I think if it was 400 500 meters i'd probably build into it but for 330 i'd probably go all out from the start and just try and hang on as long as possible yeah no i yeah i i really think that the, the this i mean even even the aqueduct kom I, I i do the same way i I'm, I'm trying to accelerate before we hit the start line so the trick for me and this one is it's it's i can't do this sprint in a vacuum because you get punched in the face by the aqueduct right after you get punched in the face by by pave it's they come in really quick succession so i i have to manage my effort people are talking about matches plural i've got like a match <laughs> and I have I have to burn half of it on Pave and then and then blow it out um, because I know I got to relight that in. Gosh, I, it's it's like you blink four times and you're on the 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 rollers to start the aqueduct. You got to do it all over again. So it's uh, it's a dynamic sprint for me. I got to find if there's a group coming through that I can latch on and draft part of the sprint. 
and save some energy and then do the same on aqueduct that's what i'm going to do so I, I i have to adjust on the fly for this um, very 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 shortly afterwards we have the aqueduct km and i've just looked at my strava pbs my best time on the aqueduct is 33 seconds and that was holding 493 watts which is i guess around six seven watts a kilo um so, Craig, would you go all out on the aqueduct or would you temper it back a little bit knowing you've got to hold it for 30 seconds? No, that's all out. Absolutely all out. <laughs> um, Fair enough. And, and most especially, it's all out during the uh, on, on the hill. So it starts with the hill and then it's flat to the finish line. So if you're going to lose anything, you want it to be after you've crested that top yeah yeah just um yeah just, so that's uh that's 7.7.25 watts per kilo for me with my if i have a really 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 good 15 second sprint i could probably do 12 um yeah so my best is 32.2 at 592 watts for 7.6 mm -hmm. so and that was last september uh trying to chase new heights down yeah, I, I guess we will have to see how we do. The problem is, it's so close after Parve. Um, and I think last September, we, that was, I'm guessing that would have been um, an early HSRL where the segments didn't exist on Zwift Power. Only the apart, KO, only the KOMs. Apart from, yeah. Yeah, apart, apart from Aqueduct and Petticom. So, that, that was probably the only one you were going for. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you can match that this time round, maybe not. Um, and I, I, I don't particularly fancy holding seven, eight watts a kilo after doing a, 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 like a full-on sprint for 330 metres. Only, uh, what, what what's the difference? So, so um, Parve Sprint finishes at 11.8, um, and then you've got Aqua.com at 13.3. So it's coming at you straight away. It's basically a case of doing whatever you possibly can. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep, it is. And not too far away, only four kilometres down the road. So obviously you've got your um, descent round, down the rollers after the Aqua.com. You're heading pretty quickly into the Petticom, um, which starts at 17.3. Um, so this is a 2.7 kilometre climb. Top Bs, maybe 5 minutes 30. Um, my PB is 6.02. Um and I'm fairly certain there are some bees who can do that probably 20 or 30 seconds faster than me. Um, Chris and Brent, um, any ideas how well you went today? Uh, I I think I was probably about 14th over the top for time over the top, and probably I was about that place too. I don't. How about you, Chris? I don't. You you fell a bit further back than me, but I was well behind you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I think the thing to remember about the petite KOM is that the first kilometer almost is like not very steep and very draftable so like the times like you're talking about your pb james it, the time the fastest time was a 516 and there was a group at 525 and i did 540 with another group that 
didn't have. Yeah, my my um my PB was when me and you raced it um a week before last, and there, there was no draft at all. Um, exactly. I, I, I think five forty on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you raise you raise a really valid point because the first um like you say kilometer is probably about three percent, and then you get like five probably five six percent. Like the it's it's a bunch of hairpins um, or switchbacks, whatever you want to call them, but there are flat bits in between the first two. So you do the first switchback, and then um, between the first and the second, you've got a really flat bit, which is obviously brilliant for drafting. Um, so it's a very draftable climb until maybe the last turn or two, um, where you, you don't get much in the way of draft. So. Um, if if you are looking to um, hammer the primes, as Craig loves to say, um, you you really 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 want to be with people, and preferably someone who's just a tiny little bit faster than you, just so you can just hang on to the wheel. Yeah, like when I went today, I was right in the front group until there's like a, a turn where it goes to like a six seven percent, mm-hmm. and then the really light guys turned up the gas there and caused a bit of a break between that group front group about fifteen or sixteen of us, and then. I stayed with the back end of that group of like 15 of us over the top down the other side, but those fastest nine guys who all went in that kind of 525, 530 range, that's when they broke it and went off the front. 540 is an absolutely fantastic time, by the way. Um, Craig. It was um, all draft. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't believe that for a second. Um, Craig, your thoughts on Petticom? It is absolutely a draft to the steep bit and then then attack and if you're i mean really at that point there's no draft so you're attacking the hill you're not attack you're not necessarily attacking the group because it, it doesn't matter attack the hill once you get to the the, the steep bit on that you know two three percent uh bit for the the lead in and then the first couple sw- switchbacks um yeah just stay in the group and and go but uh then attack after that yeah and when we're talking about steeper we're really probably only talking about the last sort of 10 15 percent of that climb um maybe a little bit more than that as far as we're talking about time not uh, not um not distance mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I, I think it may be the last minute yeah and once we get over the top, well, once, once we go through the banner, um, it's it's a little bit mean because you do actually have to climb a little bit further after the banner. And then it's basically a, a mad dash down the hill. Um, and then it flattens out with probably a kilometre to go, maybe one and a half. Um, but yeah, um, so dash down the hill um, and then a mad sprint to the finish line. Chris Brent, did you have much company when you got down to the bottom of the hill? I had. I was in a group of five from ten to fifteen, and I got twelfth. So I was right in the middle of the sprint, which is about. I'm a very average sprinter. So hmm. it's about what I would have expected. How about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I partnered up with a couple other a uh, couple other riders to finish off Petticom, and that that last little ramp that comes after the banner, you can use strategically to either push up to to another wheel or fall back to another wheel because you definitely want to have wheels with you on that descent. Um, but yeah, we ended up uh, kind of coalescing into a group of, I think, five of us to get down to the finish. Very good. So um, next on our list of things to talk about, 
actually, let's talk about Zwift, Zwift Racing League. So the Zwift Racing League starts on September 28th. Um, it is eight weeks long. Um, there are two qualifying events which I think have caused all sorts of confusion. Hooray! Um, so the two qualifying events are actually part of the series. Do not think that these are non-important races because they will give you points, they will give you team points, which will constitute towards league points. The two qualifying events are to ensure that the league that your team is in is fair. So if there are um, overpowered teams in your league, after those two events, they will probably be promoted. And if there are teams in your league who are really, really struggling, they will get dropped down to um, another league to basically make it fairer for them and give them something to work towards. But um reason why I sort of entered, entered this into our um, itinerary is we, we, we have a, um, a, a survey open. It's um, in the Herd Racing League. It's a pinned announcement. If you haven't already filled it in, please do if you would like to enter. Um, it's so important that we get as many people who want to race in as possible so we can balance our teams as much as we possibly can. Um, I know, Craig... Due to personal circumstances, you're probably not able to enter that many races this year, season? Um, yeah, so it, it, we'll see. Um, I am going to be away for work at some point, probably during the season, but uh, I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, but I was very excited that uh, they are going to do a new Atlantic League which is my early morning, so roughly the same time as the Zone 1 in the summer, uh, which then turned into the Zone 2 in the winter, So, which is late for the Aussies, but that same 5 a.m. in the morning for me. So I that would be by far the most convenient for me. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping yeah, that um, sticks. So talking about the Atlantic Zone, I... But my understanding is that that time will remain constant, even though there are three different time zone changes in the duration of this um, Swift Racing League season. Yeah, um, so what's basically I think what's going to happen is that Atlantic is going to be um, the same as the Thursday TTT Zone 2. It's going to anchor to Eastern Time, uh, or North American Eastern Time as opposed to the Australian Eastern Time, which Zone 1 anchors to, and that's the uh, the APAC League. So that's they're going to try those two leagues. I'm hoping that there's a decent league in each one. Um, I know, so I did APAC for uh, Season 3, and it was good, but, I mean, it was a little smaller. It was definitely smaller than America's East or the EMEA Leagues. So it was it's kind, still kind of only a little bit bigger than America's West. So I'm I'm hoping we get a full league for uh, yeah. both Atlantic and APAC. Fingers crossed. Um, anyone that's listening, um, if you would like to enter um, into either the APAC or America's West League, or Atlantic. Um, we are struggling for numbers at the moment. Please fill in the survey. Please let us know your interest um, because anyone that enters really, really helps us. Um, just 
just to be able to put a team together. Um, we're really struggling for numbers at the moment. Um, Europe and America's East, we're, we're golden, um, but um, APAC and America's West um, and Atlantic, we're really struggling for numbers at the moment. So if, if, if you would like to enter and, and you can race at those times, please do. Yeah, so I, and I would say, and uh, James, you're struggling through what I, I did for the previous ZRL seasons in trying to get people to sign up through the forum. Um, sign up to the forum, even if you have already talked to somebody that's been a captain and they want to have you on your on their team. Sign up to the forum. We'll, we'll work all that out. Uh, but the biggest thing is if you sign up on the forum, you are going to get a team. There's, there's no selection. There's no cuts. Um, we, we'll find a team for everyone as long as, and I'm promising for James, but this is the way we work, <laughs> but as long as there's enough people in the zone and in the category. Um, yeah. And, and w one of the things I wanted to say, is like, um, so Peter Forbes earlier said, I'm only a low B. Um, should I still actually sign up? Yes, you should. I re realistically, I don't care if you're um, a low B, low C, low D. Um, I, I want you to be able to like race in our teams and have fun. Um, we will do our very, very best to sort the teams so that you're in like roughly the same sort of power range as um, other people in your teams. And and if you're not, don't worry. Just go out, pedal dead hard, and have fun. Um, um, whilst th th there may be some teams who take Zwift Racing League exceptionally seriously, this is about having fun. This is about joining a racing team, enjoying yourself, getting to know other people, oh, just having fun. Um, pedal your heart out. Um, I, 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 I genuinely don't want to hear anyone saying, oh, I'm a really, really low C or really, really low D. Um, I, don't, I don't think I can enter a team. Yes, you can. Please do. Please fill in the form. Please have fun. Make new friends. The end. Yeah, and James, I'd say it definitely, you know, that uh, that Mullets team that we were on a, in Season 2 was one of the ones that got a little serious, but we still had a lot of fun. And uh, oh, that, We that, really that... did. Like, um, So we had, like, you and Orjan, who were, like, hammering everything, um, and, and then there was um, me and a couple others who were a little bit further towards the back, but still having fun, still having, like, midfield battles, and ultimately it's not about not necessarily about winning races it's about finding mini battles throughout the race so let, let, let's say you're in a group of six and there's a little climb coming up try and beat that group of six going to the top or if you've got a sprint coming up try and out sprint um, that, that group of six and just just have fun please do not take it too seriously that there are there are teams who may well do and and that they may well happen within the herd and that's also fine but all i want is people to enter this um racing league and have fun and be able to like talk to other people about how they enjoyed it any feedback about um how teams were put together but most importantly please join please have fun and and all we can ever ask is that you do your best our bidet team was not very competitive our last season, but I still think we had a lot of fun here, Chris. I think Chris has probably fallen asleep after me talking for far too long. Or he potentially left his mute button on. 
Well, I'll say that the bidet team was not very competitive, and I think we still all had a lot of fun. So, yeah. If you sign up, don't get put off by the kvetching about qualification or groups or any of the rest of it. It all falls by the wayside after one race. And whatever you do, do not ever, 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 ever follow the Zwift Racing League forum on Facebook. Uh, because that will put you off everything. Um, mainly down to the fact it's full of people who are extremely seriously competitive and get really, really angsty when they really, really don't need to. Um, which is one of, the, one of the great things, I think, about the um, Herd Racing League Facebook group, in that we don't take things too seriously um, and we always try and have a good time. Moving on to what we have to look forward to this week. Um, after the Hudson Racing League uh, with uh, one lap of Caspat, we ha- we move on to the Herd of Mountain Goats, which is on Sunday and Monday. Um, do not be daunted by the fact it's the Arctoban route. Um, so the um, Arctoban route is essentially essentially a um a double lap of um Innsbruck UCI however this week it is just nine kilometers long it is just a race up the reverse Innsbruck um KOM um and there will be a banner at 9.0 kilometers oh that's After tempting, that. James. Doable. <laughs> oh it's gonna be fun <laughs> um, reverse Innsbruck is pure evil it's not oh, quite pent up evil but it is nasty it is only 425 meters of climbing. Yeah, there's a lot of 12% on that route. <laughs> but there, there is. is a fair amount. Um, after that, and th- this one is a little bit special, um, in the Stampede on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, we have a single lap of the Road to Ruins course. Anyone who knows the Road to Ruins course will know that half of it is tarmac and half of it is mud um that takes you down into the jungle after a fairly steep climb um so bike choice is crucial and i think craig this is probably one of the only routes where a bike swap is actually relevant i think it's more than relevant i think bike swap is where you need to go but uh, I, I'm sure Steve is going to be very disappointed that he misses the episode where we talk about a route where bike swap <laughs> is actually the answer. And I'm just going to say this. Anyone who has the Canyon Speedmax and uses it as a TT bike, because obviously that's what it is, you might want to look and see if there's a Canyon mountain bike. That's my top tip for tonight. Um, so road to ruins. Swap um, over gravel bike. I wonder if gravel bike might not balance. It's an interesting uh, theory, but I don't think it does. So the problem with the gravel bike is that it's it's so much slower. In a drafting race, you might even you might be able to talk about it, but in a in the TT, um, the the TT bikes are just so much faster than the gravel bikes on the tarmac. And realistically, the the only um, routes that are even viable for gravel bikes are in Macquarie Islands. Yep. Um, this 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 is one hundred percent TT bike until you hit mud. Switch to mountain bike, go around the jungle, switch back to TT. 
all going to come down to how quickly you can change your bike. Uh, I, I, I think this is a great um, a great course for the Stampede, even though it's um, a little bit manic. Um, on to Tuesday, where we have the uh, final event of the second series of the um, Herd Shiris, um, H-E-R-D. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, not even going to explain it, actually. Um, it's uh, two laps of change jumper. Um, which is a mix of tarmac and gravel, which also presents its own bike change um, quandaries. And I've had some messages earlier um, asking me um, which, which bike should I use. Da 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 da. Um, you start on tarmac. Start on a tarmac bike. Um, James, I have a question have... for you. Do Carry the, on. Do the primes work on Mercury Island yet? They do. Excellent. Um, hence, hence why this event exists. Um, uh, Zwift added the um, Mercury Primes to Zwift Power about two uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, and Chain Chomper, you have the Country Sprint, you have the Castle KOM, and you have the Temple KOM. The Temple KOM is on gravel. Do not let that confuse you. Do not let you think that means you need to swap your bikes. If you swap your bikes on the Temple KOM, you will lose places. And we do that twice. Um, so two lots of um, Country Sprints, Castle KOM, and Temple Com. The, the Castle KOM is, is an odd one. Um, it's probably a six-minute climb, but the first probably four minutes of that are like maybe two to three percent. Um, and then you have like six to seven for the end of it. Um, whereas the Temple KOM is mainly six to seven with some drops in the middle. Um, n- neither of these are proper climbs where you're climbing constantly. Um, they both have like rolling sections. Um, take a road bike. I would save a Tron and see how you go. And finally, on Wednesday and Thursday, we move on to the Bullseye Punch Race, uh, which is our multi-lap punch race where you will score up to 50 points um, for your position in your category over the lap banner each lap, apart from the final lap where um, you will score up to 100 points and there are six laps. Any thoughts on any any of these events, guys? I'm excited to try Chain Chomper. I'm jealous they get to go first. I'm going to have to watch and see how it goes. The last <laughs> time I ever tried a McCree Island race, I totally, like, oh, I'll be so smart. I'll try my gravel bike. And, like, I DNF'd it after a minute because the group went so far in front of me that I just was so angry at myself. That I, 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 I did a non-points-based um, Chain Chomper event on a gravel bike, and I lost the group a moment. It hit the hill, and it was horrid. Yeah. And free 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 laps of chain jumper is forty k and it's hard. The whole thing yeah, is whole, hard. That whole map is still so I I don't have it internalized yet, so I don't know. Mm. I don't know segments. I don't know where surfaces start and end and bike choice. So I've got some serious acclimation to do with that map. Yeah, chain jumper is hard. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same. Um, I have not ridden Mercury Islands much. I, same thing. I don't know what routes are root are what and where to turn, what routes take what turns. Um, 
it's kind of all new, but it's also without the segments there, there hasn't been anything to race that, you know, the, the points races that I really like haven't been, haven't been there. Yeah. I, I just haven't played with it because of that. So I'm, I'm really hoping that there's some decent races there, but I'm also, you know, desperately waiting for another new world with a climb. So James's top tip: um, look for well, um, go onto our um, YouTube channel and um, heard on TV um, because um, someone decided to record every single one of those um, routes, apart from the new ones. Oh, I haven't done those yet. Um, so <laughs> I decided um, it was a really, really good idea to challenge myself to do every single one of the new Mercury Island um, routes in one day, uh, which is about 100 kilometres, and um, decided I'd do another 20 afterwards for fun. Um, but um, if you go onto our YouTube channel and look at the playlists, um, there's a Mercury Island playlist that will show you every single route. Go to Chain Chomper, um, and that will give you an idea of um, what you've got to look forward to. And... There's going to be three laps of that at the end of the Hurtsome Racing League as well, which will be really, really fun. I'm honest. couple of other points. We have secured an additional Mountain Goats um, slot, um, which is at um, 1 o'clock UK time, midnight um, UTC on Sunday, um, which makes it uh, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of Australia, um, 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Um, after all the time zone changes, God knows what that actually means. Um, I think it changes about two hours in some direction. Um, but um, it, it, it does mean that there's a, a morning slot for um, our Aussie riders. So hopefully we'll get a few people turning up to that. Um, the other piece of news is that after the... Um, final event of the uh, Shiris on Tuesday, that's going to move to the weekend. So that's going to be UK time, um, 12 and 8pm Saturday and Sunday, and also 1am on Sunday morning for the Australasians and also West Coast Americans. So they'll be able to join in as well. Moving on to what has Zwift done to annoy us this week? Craig, there must be something. Honestly, there isn't. Um, so I did try the AutoCAT race on uh, Tuesday on uh, Seaside Sprint, but to be completely honest, it felt just like a bullseye on that course. Um, it it felt just like a B category bullseye. So um, you you were you were C three. So was that a mix of Bs and Cs, or was it all Bs and a few As? It was mostly b's uh and a couple c's in so i did it in america's west in the last time zone so yeah for us there were only a couple c's and there were a couple there were a couple of people that i think really looked like a's but were kind of more tt type almost a's so, so with your one and five minute power i was a little bit surprised you weren't c2 um, so my, at the moment, my, uh, 15 second power is down by a lot and it really is down. It's not just that I haven't done it. Um, so, and I think on that course, that was a big part of the AutoCAT. 
I think AutoCAD is all about 1, 5, and 20. Um, I'm guessing your 20 is probably around 3839. But um, from my experience, your 1 and 5 has always been really strong. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But I guess it, it depends on who I'm compared to. Um, there's a lot of bees that are better. So on 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 paper, I'm probably a very very high B, but your one and five minute power would beat me hands down. Um, Brent and Chris, have you entered any of the classics at all? I have not. I've done all of them so far. I'll probably <laughs> have to miss next week. Are you C three um, as well, or? I, I'm C3 as well, so Craig, to hear you say that you're also C3 is a bit surprising, because I think you're you're probably a, at least a full, if not a half step, um, or hang on, I got that reversed, at least a half, if not a full step um, ahead of me in terms of training and performance, so um, yeah, that one felt like, I was saying last week I haven't been in a bullseye for a while, but last the last classic felt a lot like a bullseye, um, was able to stick up until the last lap, and then I just... I let the group go at the, at the finish. I couldn't stick with them. Um, but I still finished 10th in points. Um, and then, yeah, Richmond, I actually I posted on the, on the racing page at Richmond. I won on points. I didn't finish first across the line. Cause that dude Smith just, he, he's broken away the last two races solo. Um, but I won on points. So, but the classics are fun. It's, it's almost like the ZRL. Um, but, more individual so you lose the team element but it's still a lot of fun yeah so I, how did you go in your race craig did you place well um so i get i think i was uh sixth across the line and fifth on points um yeah you did better than i did for sure but uh i i mean i i was probably in a smaller race i think there were only uh what were there 40 40 40 some ish i think um it was a pretty small race um I did feel in, in a couple spots that I, I, I probably, I should have gone at some point and tried to try to real a committed to a real attack. I, I felt like I could have done more and that probably would have whittled down the gra the group quite a bit, but I also didn't want to be the one that put the most energy out in the front group that ended up happening. Yeah. Especially on that course, that's, you don't want to be the one breaking the wind and then all of a sudden everybody flies by because you you saved all the all the energy for them yeah so you think about um things things that uh swift have done to annoy you um chris and brent anything at all i've got one but brent you can go ahead first okay my mine is just that i can't believe that they can't come up with a better <clears throat> event sorting finding interface for their website a companion app is like pretty functional but i don't understand why that's impossible to translate into a web browser that blows my mind i think the uh the thing about um the swift events site that's always annoyed me is like yeah okay so i i, I can enter enter an event a to d got no idea what route i'm entering into whereas on, on companion you can see that so why, why is that any different? Yeah, you can flip between days. You can kind of like go down the site. Like you just, you, it's, it's garbage. <laughs> it's terrible. And like, 
as an event organizer um when i'm looking at the events i've organized i'm on, on the browser for event organizers um I, I I can see how many laps I've set it to, but without actually going to edit the event, I I, I can't see what the route actually is, um, which isn't ideal um, when I'm double checking. But I've done the right things, so yeah, fair point, uh, Chris. Yeah, so I was I was uh, doing some meetings yesterday with a colleague of mine, um, and we got to talking. Uh, between sessions and come to find out he's a former cyclist <clears throat> kind of getting back into fitness. And, uh, he was telling me that he went on a Peloton ride on his wife's Peloton last week with one of his friends. And I said, Oh, have you heard about Zwift? <clears throat> and he said, no, tell me about it. It's like, well, there's this cool online cycling platform and you, you're, you're, you're dropped into a virtual world with other virtual cyclists on, on, on actual roads. Um, and he's like, cool. How do I how do I get into that? And it just went really complicated from there. It's like, well, you got to have a, a smart trainer, and then you got to you got to create your account. You got to have a compatible device. Okay, cool. Then I can get into doing like the races and the club rides, like you're talking about. Well, no, then you got to have Zwift Power ID, and you got to link it to your account. It, it 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 frustrates me that Zwift is so complicated. You you really have to want it. Like all of us have ended up here and it, it was not an easy journey thinking back to all the things that we had to do, linking accounts, understanding this whole metaverse that we're all cycling through. Um, and it just got, got me thinking about how hard it is <laughs> to be part of this community. And that, and that's what frustrated me this week, trying to explain it to a total newbie who wants to be part of this, um, how, how really complicated it is. Um, so hopefully that's in the long-term plans to simplify it for new users. Um, but in the short term, it's just a mess. Yeah, I mean, um, on, on, on that point, um, if you look at Swift um, Racing League, um, <laughs> obviously you need to have like one of their recognized smart trainers. You need to have an account on Swift Power. You need to have a, an account on um, WTRL. It's a lot more complicated than it should be. Um, I think WTRL do an absolutely phenomenal job, um, but you need to have an account of power as well. All of that should be in Zwift. Um, and Zwift, yes, they are paying um, Martin and Stephen from um, WTRL, um, but that should be within Zwift. And Yes, Swift Power is kind of within Swift, but it's not. Um, so yeah, um, hundred percent agree, with Chris. Um, in in terms of what Swift have done to annoy me this week, um, not really anything. Um, I think my my only annoyance is like um, <laughs> trying to do like um, three hours of training um, before a team time trial. My legs were dead. And it was very, very painful, um, as all team time sh trials should be. Um, but I didn't have the power that I would have liked to have had. Um, but no, um, Zwift has not actually done anything specific to annoy me this week. Before we close, um, is there anything else um, any of you guys would like to add? Nothing new from me. I'm sad I'll miss you on Monday, James. Maybe I'll catch you on Sunday 
<laughs> yeah, so um, I'm hoping to do the uh, team, uh, sorry, team time trial, um, individual time trial stampede event on Sunday before I go and cycle 360, uh, 340 kilometers on gravel with uh, Simon Gardner and eight, about another 10 other guys from the herd, which is a terrible idea. I, I, I have no idea why I thought this was sensible in the first place. <laughs> I, I would say, James, um, that that is not sensible, but it does <laughs> it does sound like a great idea. And yeah, uh, yep. have a good time. So, so, so for context, um, Simon Garner, um, he, he's a friend of mine, um, was like telling me about um, how he'd like been planning for like the last three years to um, go from the um, the west coast of the UK to the east coast of the UK um, on the Transpennine Trail, which is um, probably 95% gravel. And it's about uh, 340 kilometers. There's about a thousand meters of climbing in there. Um, most of which you can't actually do on the bike because it's really rocky. So you have to push a bike over the hill um, and do it in two days, uh, which is probably 12 to 14 hours of riding each day and i decided oh wow this is an amazing idea let's do it um this this summer um and try and involve um riders of the herd so there's like 12 to 14 of us um who are going to do it from wednesday next week with all booked hotels um <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of very enthusiastic people there who think yeah this will be really easy um it won't be at all easy. It's 12 to 14 hours on the saddle each day. It's going to be really, really hard, but I'm really, really excited about it. Um, the one thing that makes me really, really nervous is whether or not I can get my bike on the train. Um, <laughs> because in England, it's really stupid that you can only book one or two bikes on a train. And the rest of it is up to whether or not they let you do it. So we will see. Um, this time next week, I will probably be an emotional mess. And um, I will I will be here on this podcast and I will tell you exactly how much pain I'm in. Expect it to be a very, very large amount. Which is the reason why I can't um, do Stampede with Brent on Monday. <laughs> so certainly back to the Stampede on Monday. Um, last week I did the Stampede when we did Cast Bats. So... Um, and uh, I definitely paced it aggressively and was ahead of all the A-riders before we hit the KOM. Um, yeah, that's aggressive. It, it was aggressive. Um, and, and yeah, I averaged less power on the KOM than I did on the course total. So it, yeah, it was not successful. But uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting and we'll call it a learning experience. Whereas my plan was to basically like do four flat on the flats and then kick as much as I could do on the hill and break Brent, which worked. Whereas um, Brent could happily break me on flat courses. Um, and Monday gone, um, I was actually really looking forward to doing um, six laps of uh, fan flats. I say looking forward to, in inverted commas, um, but um, sadly, um, I'd had my um, second uh, COVID vac vaccination um, 
about three days before and I was not in good shape. So, Brent, um, how, how was the uh, the stampede with uh, six laps of fan flats? It was good. It was a really good race. I mean, Kev Fowler was out the front. Nothing you can do about that, but um, there was like a good group of us that were probably about, you know, 15, 20 seconds apart. They, like, uh, the one thing I think I might put it in a comment, but um, for those flat courses, having loop laps around it is much more mentally sustainable than just a long flat runway just mm. because you can kind of be like all right i need to target this power for this lap this power for this lap and then you know i need to ramp it up for lap four and then try and blast it out for the last lap that works really well i did get past alex cooper though so that was my hey i, I, was, hey. I was about to say um <laughs> was was alex cooper on that race uh because yeah, he, he always goes off so hard and I think that works on like 40, 50 minute races, but, um, well, definitely um, 30 to 40. Um, but I think for something that length, um, what, what was your time about 38, uh, sorry, uh, 48, uh, 50 minutes? Yeah, I think it's close. It was just over 50, I think. Okay. I think the fastest B on the day was just under 50, and I was like just under 51. Mm hmm. So, um, I think Alex struggles on anything over 40 um, because he goes off so hard. Whereas my, my approach is always to, um, on, on Stampede events, just to hold that pace for, if I can do the whole event on a flat course, um, whereas um, Alex goes really, really hard early on. <laughs> and he... I was actually re-watching re um, the Stampede we did in Casper, and I just saw Alex doing like eight watts a kilo out the gate. I'm just thinking, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, he, he did. He did the same. He went blasting out the front, and probably by the start, give or take a lap three or so, I got him. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, you'd really like the thing about the individual time times is really like do your homework like check what the sustainable pace is check where the climbs are and then like say you're like no my time my my best ever like i knew i could do 300 watts for about 50 minutes that was like give or take the best i'd ever done was 290 so i like sat on 290 till about halfway through lap four and then I tried to go to 300, and the lap five I tried to go to 310, and I ended up with an average of 299, which is like, like you just can't, especially a flat one, you can't sort of beat math and physiology. Yeah, and and I think um with with Stampede, it's so important to go over the plan because <laughs> you can't draft anyone, so there's there's not going to be any coasting at all. It's a case of um looking at the distance, looking at the terrain what can you hold for those periods of time? Because, like, um, Brent, you and I, every single race we've done together, we, we have a little chat before saying, oh, I'm going to try and do this, um, try, trying to do that. Um, and it's it's always really important to go in with a plan rather than just trying to instinctively hold wheels. Because if you, if, you, if you go on a flat course and try and hold Kev, Kev, um, Kev Fowler's wheel, you are going to be screwed because that guy, he, he's going to do like 310, 330 the whole way round. And if you're 
if you don't have that in your like um, arsenal, then you have no chance. Do what you can. Set your set the best time you possibly can because your time is going to be like fielded across all five events. And realistically, the um, the the race we normally do, like um, seven o'clock my time um, on Monday, is always the almost always the fastest. So just do the best time you can. Yeah, and there was like 15 herd racers in that Monday race. So, you know, there's lots mm. of company. There's people at every speed level for you to go race against. You know, don't worry about trying to race with the A's or the top B's. Just go find three or four people that are about your speed and try and get, you know, one or five seconds better than them next week. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely say an, an, a, so in addition to having a plan is actually following said plan. So that, <laughs> that, that's where I always fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm quite familiar with uh, Craig's plans and Craig not managing to follow the plan uh, Craig tell us what your plan was last Monday uh, so my plan was to go at around 300 watts to the aqueduct go harder than that up the aqueduct and then recover to the calm and hit the calm hard um, I kind of forgot to ease off after the aqueduct so, um, what's 300 watts in terms of watts per kilo? Uh, right at four. Okay. Yeah. And what's your FTP in terms of watts per kilo? Uh, around 3.7. Okay. So, basically, on a on a 35-minute course, you were planning on doing 0 0.3 over your, um, over your FTP... And then even more on the hills. <laughs> that was my plan, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, no, there's, there's about a five-minute gap where I was going to recover in the middle. And this is one, so that is actually, so to, to where, be realistic. Where, where was this five-minute gap occurring? Between the top of the aqueduct and the bottom of the KOM. Which takes you about one minute thirty to get to. That's more than a minute thirty. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm very impressed with your um, optimism. Um, <laughs> uh, how long did you hold four point zero for? Oh, I I was the whole way to the KOM, and then I accelerated up the KOM, and then yeah, then it then it went bad. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, it's a. I have to admit, I'm, I'm 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 very impressed that you held four zero for that long. I, basically, I blew up on the first uh, the first switchback of the KOM. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good effort. <laughs> um, I I I think on on that note, um, after Craig explaining um how we. Um, went really, really, really hard. Um, probably not really anything for us to talk about. I think we have very... exhausted our, the, our ability to be interesting for the night. <laughs> I, I think you may be right, but um, it's been lovely to uh, chat to Chris Brent and Craig um, the second week in a row. Um, and I hope you will all join us next week. Thank you, gentlemen, and good night. Always good to catch up. Cheers.